On this episode of The Startup Scientist, I explain how to best assemble your co-author team and how to send emails to potential collaborators. Dan Quintana here from the University of Oslo, and this is episode two of a series on taking a paper from idea to publication. When it comes to research, quite often we can't do everything as much as we wish we could. We typically need others to help with our projects. I always try and hang around people that are smarter than me. This is often very uncomfortable, as it reminds me how little I know, but this is one of the best ways to grow as a scientist. One of my favourite aphorisms is, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. This has given me a lot of comfort in those meetings and seminars I've sat in where the content has just flown over my head. We can't be great at everything, but I'm convinced that you are much better doubling down on your strengths than trying to improve your weaknesses. This is a far better use of your time. Get people into your orbit that can complement your weaknesses. Chances are you have the type of skills that they need as well. Social media is a fantastic place to find collaborators. And this is how I've been approached by several people for collaborative projects. If you're not already, get involved with Twitter. There are plenty of guides online for how scientists can best use Twitter for their careers. Just do a bit of Googling. Now, for me, so many ideas for papers and so many solutions have come from running into people at the coffee machine at work. You strike up a conversation and they ask how your work is going. You mention how you've hit a wall and then they say, yes, I had the exact same thing last year, but this is how I fixed it. Think of Twitter like a giant coffee machine with a lot of people having those kinds of conversations. You can have the chance to actually eavesdrop and participate in those conversations so there's a lot of ways you can find out what other people are working and doing research on. I'll be back after this short break. If you like this podcast, then you'll probably enjoy my other podcast, Everything Hurts, which I co-host with James Heathers, where we discuss methodology and scientific life. Just search Everything Hurts, that's H-E-R-T-Z, in your favorite podcast app. If you want to support the show, I would also love it if you could share the links to the episodes. You can do this via your podcast app. Now, back to the show. In this episode, I'm covering how to assemble your co-authorship team. The most common way to contact potential co-authors is via email, so I want to share a few tricks when it comes to email communication. If you're contacting senior people, whether they're already collaborators or new potential collaborators, keep your emails brief and give easy, actionable questions. There's a big difference between, I just wanted to get your thoughts, versus, are you available to join this project? The key is to reduce friction at every opportunity. It'll make your life so much easier. Senior researchers already have a lot on their plates, so make their jobs easier. This can be as simple as saying, I'm free Monday and Tuesday afternoon, let me know which of those suit best, rather than saying, let me know when you're free. There's too many options there. Here's a good rule of thumb when it comes to email length. If you need to scroll on a smartphone to read an entire email, it's probably too long. Make things as easy as possible for the reader. Save them time. When they see a long email, they're often just going to switch off and not reply. It's also important to set up your expectations early in the writing phase of a project. This includes authorship order and manuscript timelines. That is, when you're planning on submitting the final manuscript. 
A mismatch of expectations is one of the most common sources of disagreements, so get this stuff in writing early. This also includes how often people should expect drafts and how polished they expect them to be. This is especially important when working with people from different countries, which is often the case nowadays when doing research. Each country has its own set of unwritten rules, so make sure you actually write out all your expectations to avoid disagreements in the future. This is something that I've learned going from a research culture in Australia to a research culture in Norway and working very closely with people from different parts of the world. Also think about the best way to communicate with your team. Is it worth getting everyone together for a meeting, or can you do this electronically? I think Slack, which is a messaging service which is getting more and more popular, even in science, is an excellent way to organise projects. As each chat room, or as they call them, channels, can have a specific topic. It can be easy for projects to be lost in email inboxes, but Slack keeps everything organised. It's actually free, so you can give it a try for your next project. Now, personally, I think Slack is a much better way to communicate than email as it removes friction. There's that word again. There's no need to write an email subject or even a greeting. You just get straight to the point with your messages. The thing with email is that it, is that it can get caught up in the conventions of the thing it was meant to replace. Mail, hence its name, electronic mail. But with instant messaging, like Slack, these conventions generally don't apply. Smooth communication with your team will go a long way to ensuring the success of your project, so don't do this mindlessly. Carefully consider the best approach for your team and the best approach for your project. That's all for this minicast. If you want some more Startup Scientist, make sure you follow me on Instagram. I am startup underscore sci, S-C-I, where I share my daily processes. On the next episode of this series, I cover how to get started with your paper.